Welcome to the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast with your host, Steve Abramowitz, editor-in-chief of the Mill Creek View newspaper. And welcome back to the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast. I missed you over the weekend. Four days is too long, everybody. But we are focusing once again on the volunteer state and our nation today with always an interesting person making a positive change in our community. This time, special guest, Aaron Spradlin. But first, for more information about the Mill Creek View podcast, visit us anywhere you get your podcasts and socials at Mill Creek View, Tennessee. While you're there, please subscribe. With Columbia, Tennessee-based EnergizeHealth.com, you lose fat fast, simply and naturally, without restrictive exercise or cardboard dry, tasteless food. Revolutionize your health with this proprietary 88-day science from John and Chelsea Jubilee. People report getting off medications and reversing ailments. Energy, mental clarity, and alertness go through the roof. Look and feel many years younger and oftentimes unrecognizable. I know. I'm an alumnus and lost 70 pounds of fat with John and Chelsea and wouldn't have energy to do three shows a week without it. Hit the link in show notes for your free consultation and discount. Money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose but unhealthy fat. EnergizedHealth.com. And welcome to our People in the News episode, where I interview people who are making an impact and are lovers of truth. Today, we are talking with Aaron Spradlin. Aaron Spradlin is the chairman of the board of the Tennessee Faith and Freedom Coalition. He is a former U.S. Army paratrooper that served with the 82nd Airborne Division in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and the 20th Special Forces Unit in Decatur, Alabama. During his military career, he also served with the 16th Cavalry in Fort Knox, Kentucky, where he trained lieutenants coming out of West Point Military Academy. Spradlin worked as a private contractor for the U.S. State Department in Kabul, Afghanistan, where he served as a team leader on the mobile response team assigned to the U.S. Embassy. He has provided executive protection and personal security for an extensive list of clientele, ranging from high-profile business executives, celebrities, actors such as Billy Bob Thornton, musical artists such as Luke Bryant and Jason Aldean, and political figureheads, at both the state and national levels, ranging from Tennessee House Representative Mark Potty to U.S. Senators Marsha Blackburn, Lindsey Graham, and John McCain, just to name a few. In 2017, the Tennessee Senate and House of Representatives passed, com- passed a commemorative, uh, sorry, sorry, passed, commended Spradlin on his distinguished security services provided to the entire General Assembly during the 2017 session. That same year, he began devoting his team to fighting child sex trafficking throughout South and Central America. In 2021, Spradlin co-founded the Mission American Foundation, a 501c3 dedicated to empowering military veterans to utilize their specialized skill sets to help eradicate child trafficking. He has made it his lifelong mission to rescue child trafficking victims and see to it that their perpetrators are brought to justice. And now he's on with us today. Hello, Mr. Spradlin. Thank you for your service, sir. Steve, thank you. How Glad you to be here. Today? How are you today? I'm wonderful. I really am. Awesome. Well, we're really thankful that you took time out to talk to us about this. Um, the founder of my newspaper, Mill Creek View in Washington, where producer Steve is, Fred Philbrook was 82nd Airborne too. Uh, did you learn everything you needed in life from uh, their directive, respond to crisis contingencies everywhere in the world within 18 hours? I did. 18 hours. Yeah. That, that, that wonderful bat phone. Um, I lost you there for a second. Yeah. That wonderful bat phone was always fun to have on your hip. Uh, you never knew when that call was coming. You'd be at the Golden Corral having dinner and you could be in the gym with the nice <laughs> or you'd be at home asleep. But yeah, I was, uh, 
uh, you know, I served in, in, in three different places in my time in the military, but my favorite place, my home, where I was born, as you will. They say you're born at Benning, but you're raised at Bragg, and I was, I was raised at Fort Bragg, and it was uh, some of the greatest times of my life. No longer really called is. Fort Bragg, now it's Fort Liberty. Uh, well, we'll see what happens in 2024. <laughs> Can always change the name back, that's right. Um, okay, I mentioned you are co-founder of Mission America. Uh, who else is on your team? Uh, he has since went um he's since went on to different directions. He's uh he's no longer involved uh with us. So I'm just now the founder. You are the founder, uh okay, sole member, but you have people under you that do all this hard work. Uh anyone you want to yep. give a shout out to? I would really like to thank uh, oddly enough, he's my business partner in my actual business, uh Chris Clark, who is the um who is the vice president of operations and my business partner was Pale Horse GRS. And then uh, uh, another hard charger, former Marine by the name of John Isaac, who uh, without those two, I don't think I could probably do anything. They're, they're phenomenal, uh, not only in their, in their vision for the fight against this evil scourge, but also their stand-up wonderful human beings um, with a passion to protect the weak. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, you're the leader and you had a team of leaders behind you to actually lead. So that's fantastic. Um, Now you're dedicated to the Tennessee Faith and Freedom Coalition and Mission America. Are they both full time now? Um, the, the I'm only the chairman of the board of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Um, the executive director, that, that, that particular chapter was only formed this last year. His name is Aaron Gulbrinson. And Aaron Gulbrinson has made a significant impact in, um, in, in the legislation, um, in, in the press, uh, fighting for the front, fighting for the unborn, fighting for the second amendment, fighting for laws that make sense. Um, uh, the, the nice thing about the faith and freedom coalition is the fact that they also have a massive pillar that fights child trafficking. So our marriage with the mission America foundation and the faith and freedom coalition uh, couldn't be better. Um, we realize now that we are really making people mad as we were just um, called out and insulted by the view today, which, uh, which not is the nice Mill Creek view, them. the ladies of the, the view, Mill right? The, the ones I should sue the... because I trademarked the view. Yeah, I should sue them. Yes, you should. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they came out and uh, because we had just came back from DC where we had all of the candidates running for president um, at the uh, road to the majority conference. And of course, the headliner was the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. And they came out that we were not um, of faith and freedom. We were stealing freedom. And, you know, we'll take that as a badge of honor. Whenever you yeah. get yelled at by the view, you're doing something right. Well, just imagine what that set must smell like. Just a bunch of gas bags. So you're better uh, off. Kid. You're better off with the guests that you had now. This show here is 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 building a library of men and women's voices making up the fabric of Tennessee society. And I noticed that every year you award, well, Tennessee Faith and Freedom does, and then we can move on to the other, uh, a conservative champion award to a member of the state house and the state senate who have gone above and beyond the call of duty in Tennessee. And most have actually been on this show, actually. Jack Johnson, episode 70. A.G. Skirmetti is doing an amazing job, episode 78. Rep. Jody Barrett, actually, District 69 was episode 87. What what qualities do you they possess that helped you select them for that award? As as hokey as this may sound, and and I use it a lot. I have a I have a a, a constitution myself that believes in truth, justice, and the American way. 
you know, the old Superman adage. Mm-hmm. And those particular gentlemen that we gave, and the, and the woman that we gave the awards to, represent that to us. They are, they are there for everything that the conservative, um, God-loving American um, represents. And, uh, you know, when we were going through our, our selection process, we went through and we looked at, you know, some of the work that they were doing, some of the cooperation. I mean, overwhelming cooperation for what they did uh, with the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Um, the recognition they gave the Mission America Foundation in the last session uh, as an assembly, um, they recognized us in our work for the, uh, for the innocent and uh, the trafficked children of America. And um, there's never a time that we can't reach out to them and, and voice our concerns where they won't take the call, where they won't use um, the, uh, the positions that they have to try and do the right thing. And so when we, did, when we were selecting who we were going to choose for those awards, those, those individuals were the ones that had really stepped above and beyond uh, or went above and beyond um, in the assembly to try to fight for the things that not only what we believe in, but we think what, what society really needs. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of a lost society right now. And you have people out there that are champion, championing, championing these, um, these values that are sort of getting pushed to the side. And so in our selection, they, they, they were the ones that, that, that were, you know, standing in front and doing the work that, that they need to do to make at least Tennessee as good as they can. And, um, you know, we, we went to the capital of, of, the, of the United States this last week to meet the ones that are trying to stand in the gap for, you know, traditional American values. I'm not, you know, the, whatever faith you're of, they're American values, you know. And the president um, even highlighted that in his speech. It doesn't matter Religious freedom, yes. Um, the Second Amendment, yes. The unborn, yes. And and they echo the same things that that he did. And of course, everybody that spoke at that uh, particular convention, um, whether they might, you know, anyone from Lindsey Graham to Governor Glenn, or excuse me, not Governor uh, Mayor Glenn Jacobs to um, you know Trump himself, they all were in of the same mindset of a Jack Johnson or a William Lambeth. And, and that's the kind of people that we need to, you know, do the best they can to save our country and in saving our country, um, you know, protecting our innocent children. And, you know, I think I was the first one out of my seat when, when president Trump said that he'll reenact, you know, article 42 and he will fight this trafficking scourge like never before. And, 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 and that's not just lip service while he was in office, he was doing that. His yeah. task force on human trafficking was very successful. And uh, as soon as the current administration took, took office, they shut it down. So that, that was a long answer. That was a long answer to a, a, a simple question. That, but that's what, I, that, that's what I do. I just ramble. That's okay. It's a good answer. It's an excellent answer, actually. Um, and there's a long list of legislative public support that you have given for it was 32 major victories in 2023, which is a 100% success rate, such things as SB 1211, a pro-child anti-human trafficking bill by uh, Representative White, or I guess it would be Senator White, and House Bill 055 by Littleton, SB 1212, a pro-child anti-human trafficking bill, again by White, this time HB 0115 by Moody, 
SB 1347, a child protection bill by Lundberg, HB 1251 by Crawford. So what was your favorite um, to come out of the session that just ended? Um, to be honest with you, there's not a favorite because they all make impact. And the, the fact that they're doing everything in their power to protect them, they're doing everything in their power to punish the wicked. All of those bills, uh, all 32 that have anything to do with what we touched is, um, is a step in the right direction. So to have a favorite, I don't. I have, uh, we have legislation that we're already working on for the next session that is going to be massively impactful if we can get it passed. And of course, because you have to keep that under, you know, close to the vest, you can't really disclose it uh, until the session starts. But once it does, I would like to be able to discuss it further, um, mm -hmm. maybe at another time, because um, the impact, um, tougher penalties on not only the um, the pimps, but um, tougher penalties on the Johns. Nice. See, well, we'll get you. Johns we'll definitely problem. get you back, and you know, hopefully, have you back many times in the future because you are part of that fabric I was talking about and making these differences. You also had legislation that you publicly opposed. Mm -hmm. Uh, you publicly opposed nine bills. All of them failed or gained zero traction. So you absolutely are a, um, you know, a mover and a shaker and a, and a valuable voice in Tennessee. SB 1506, a ridiculous woke bill by Campbell, followed by HB 1474, the House version by Camper, was to rename Columbus Day as Indigenous Peoples Day. Any of right. other of the ones that stood out that you helped stop? That would have been obviously ridiculous or uh, not necessary at the least. Well, and then to, to be fair in that particular, whether it's the victories or, or all the victories, whether it's the ones we wanted or the ones we opposed, I give all of that to Aaron Galberson, the executive director of Faith and Freedom Coalition. Okay. He spent probably four days a week on the Hill up there constantly, you know, office to office, explaining the position and um recommendations now he's he's got 20 years in this crazy world called politics and i got to see him in action at the highest level this last week um never really mincing words straight to the point um and then the influence now we do have a lot of friends in in, in the uh, broadcast world that have been very you know helpful to us getting our message across um whether it be 99.7 or 98.3 um michael pa michael patrick Leahy, mike uh, matt murphy have been exceptional um, um, platforms for us to get our voice out. Um, and when you have the ability to, you know, share your vision to a massive audience and you can echo, like, I mean, let's, let's use Jack Johnson as an example, Senate Majority Leader. He catches so much guff that he's a rhino, that he's this, he's that. No, he's not. Um, it, it's, it, when you know the person, you see the track record, he made one statement about this red flag insanity in an entire speech, very similar to President Trump when he was talking about the, um, you know, the illegal felons. And all of a sudden, Trump became the most racist human being on the planet. They didn't read the rest of the speech to the world. They just read that one sentence. Jack did the same thing. He's like, there's no way a red flag or anything like that. They'd have to even try to do it. They'd have to rename it. That was it. But no, these these particular people out there like to, you know, call him this and call him that. I won't name names, but they do. Yeah. And it's, well, they it's, selectively it's, edit. It's it's kind of a game right. he likes to play these days. Selectively, and it's edit. even 
it's even worse when they're on your side. Yes. It's very frustrating. I, you know, the one thing about the other side, they, they do have um, a, a very nice collaboration amongst their, you know, their entities. They're a well-oiled machine while we're over here on our side, headbutting each other. Yeah. And it's just, and, you know, I'm, I, I had a debate just prior to the elections and, um, and that debate ended up into a three-hour conversation afterwards talking about coming together. If we could come together and we could sit down and air our grievances and come to common ground, we would go so much further than we're going right now. The reason that they're getting their way is because they're cohesive. Yeah, We're, uh, we're opposing each other and we don't need to. We need to be well, on the same team. That advice sounds very 70s and 80s because uh, trying to come together with some of the folks we saw dancing in the fountains in New York City or riding bikes naked in Seattle, it's a little difficult when you say, let's uh, believe in life and the sanctity of, of that and Second Amendment. It, it's, uh, it's hard to compromise, but I hear what you're saying. You and your group can... Um, said that a consideration of a well-intentioned but misguided criminal justice bill where further changes and more time was needed to consider the fiscal and efficacy ramifications of said bill was postponed until 2024. So that was one that you were against. It didn't get tabled forever. It got postponed to 2024. That was Bill Lee's criminal justice bill, if I'm not mistaken. How's the relationship been going with him? Uh, To be honest, uh, we actually... Let's see, two weeks ago, we actually had a meeting with the chief of staff of the governor. Uh, that was the first time in four and a half years in requests to actually have any conversation happen. It only happened because we wrote a letter, and then that letter got put out. And what we were doing is we were actually requesting him to uh, reconsider the special session that they're trying to do in August. Um, to be honest, I it's no... Second Amendment infringement is ever going to pass in the state of Tennessee as long as we're a supermajority. It's never going to happen. My concern and Faith and Freedom's concern um, from my my business side of being um, a subject matter expert in security was the safety of the people, the safety of the staff, the state, and the safety of the legislators, and the safety of the building. That was our concern because the the radicals have already come out and said they're going to be violent and they're going to cause disruption. Two and a half hours of audio in a meeting that that we got sent um, openly saying that's what they're going to do. Yeah, your letter said schemes made by Marxist agitators targeting said session. Mm -hmm. And you can hear them saying it. (laughs) They're warning you. And then lo and behold, what happens last week? A letter with a substance sent to the Capitol. The Capitol is evacuated, and they take credit for it like ISIS. I mean, yeah, they are very similar are you, to ISIS. What are you doing? Wait until the next session. Don't give them a date where they're shipping people. People have already bought their plane tickets to come here and protest this. Right. From all over the country. This doesn't have to do with them. This has to do with the state of Tennessee. And it's it's like mean, evacuating a battlefield and saying exactly what day you're going to do it, exactly what time. And so they can just wait and then come out of their caves when they're ready. Uh, would Lee earn your champion award based on his two terms so far? No, absolutely not. How do you feel absolutely about not. I Listen, um, as a person, I think he's a wonderful person. Um, there's not a single soul that has known him for 35 years that does not think that he is the most sincere, genuine, wonderful man wonderful father, wonderful husband. He's all the things, right? Pillar of the community. As far as 
his actions just in my realm. Let's just talk about trafficking. We sat together uh, in the primary at a country club in Murfreesboro for a Reagan day dinner. I had him about 30 minutes sitting outside talking. And he said, when I'm in office, I will put this at the front of my agenda. We will do public private partnerships. We'll bring in experts. We'll do this thing to, to stifle this horrible pandemic that this is right. That's what you know, this is your pandemic because it's, it's all over the world. And more importantly, it's right here in our backyard. I said, I'm going to vote for you. I can't wait to have that sit down and let's, you know, do something about it. I've had his best friend of 30 plus years tell him we need to meet. I've had one of his biggest fundraisers tell him we need to meet. I've had a lot of people tell him we need to meet and we still haven't met. We're 95 out of 95 counties in the state of Tennessee with trafficking under the age 13. That's not my statistics. That's the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation statistic. It's a serious problem. We allocate, listen, we got a huge rainy day fund. Allocate the money to the law enforcement, to the training, to the task force that goes out there and puts this to bed. Um, are you going to kill it? No, but you could make a heck of a dent if you would focus the resources on it. And at the end of the day, Highways are great. Uh, appeasing the left must be great. We're going we're gonna to have these conversations. We're going to tell you when we're going to do it. We're going to do something for you. No. You need to attack what's attacking our children. First and foremost, yes, listen. The, the shooting that occurred in this city um, was horrific. Absolutely horrific. The left is using the memory of those six dead to force a hand and it's it's just it's evil what they're doing yeah, they didn't um, wait much that, more than 30 minutes before they started making it a political issue yeah and you know there are solutions and i, I said this i mean i was i was on the radio that that next morning and i'll probably be lambasted for this but i'm gonna say it because i say it the only way to fight a bad guy with a gun is with a good guy with a gun yeah, a highly just trained, that, just saw that last night. As a matter of fact, yeah, good guy with a gun. That's how you stop this. You harden your school, you harden your church, you harden your synagogue, you harden your business, you harden it, and you put a good guy, highly trained guy or girl, in that position to defend you at the choke point, which is the only entrance to getting to your business, your congregation, or your children. That was my contention with the whole idea of the special session in August is that he already did the very best thing he could do, which was the SRO funding for every single school in the in the state. So that right there was enough. But now we got some kind of political grandstanding. And like you said, making a big target, you know, he, does, he doesn't have to work alone. He is the governor, but the Speaker of the House, Sexton, wants to send back Fed funds for education to cut strings with the Department of Education and the government. And Vanderbilt University Medical Center and Vanderbilt University recently announced the launch of a $17 million program with support from the National Institute of Health, NIH, to accelerate diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in the biomedical research community. Now, GOP legislatures announced funding cuts in University of Wisconsin Systems DEI funds. Their joint finance committee has to cut $32 million from the University of Wisconsin budget, but Vanderbilt is pretty powerful, um, but they did get busted for surgery on minors. There is a lot of talk about those same exact people being the target of trafficking. 
What do you make of Vanderbilt's power in Tennessee? Well, unfortunately, um, the name alone tells you the power, right? Yeah. Their influence, um, their their ability to to do pretty much whatever they want until they get caught, and then they just rebrand what they're doing, um, and then they'll get caught again. Uh, I think that the, the reach is overwhelming. I think that even the thought process, especially the you know the middle the the mutilation and and the surgeries or the drugs, you know, to even have this conversation is, you know, it's, it's nauseating to me um, because of the fact that think about when you and I were seven. Okay. Was this a conversation when we were 14? Was this a conversation when we were 25? Was this a conversation? It's just become a conversation and it's a conversation to appease less than 3% of the population. And it's, it's, um, it's evil. I mean, that's it. It's, it's absolute. All of this that we're talking about when it comes to, you know, murdering children, mutilating children, raping children, that is the enemy 100%. Um, I, you know, I don't know how far along we are, but I promise we're in the last chapter. Yeah. And that's, that's just my opinion. And Vanderbilt is um, an arm of it. Um, Hollywood's an arm of it. Um, Certain, I mean, the capital of the United States is an arm of it. Yes, sir. Vanderbilt University received its best ever ranking by Forbes on the publication's annual list of America's best employers by state, jumped 17 spots to number 10 among Tennessee employers while this was happening. And if you remember, there was video of the gal saying, if you don't want to work here because we mutilate children on a regular basis, quit. The world, the, the secular world, I guess, looks at Vanderbilt and says, that's a great place to work. You and I agree that they're doing some very nefarious things and it shouldn't be, but there's so much money. And a lot of employees that live in the state of Tennessee are the same ones that we're seeing that would buy an airline ticket, show up at the Capitol and disrupt things, go to Memphis Mm -hmm. and commit crimes, do whatever it is that makes Tennessee not the nirvana that you and I would like to see it, the American way, the, the MAGA, so to speak. So do you ever run into lobbyists and the opposing forces that are within the university system in Vanderbilt, because it is one of the main drivers, I believe, of, of politics here in the state. Do you ever run up against them? And ha- you've obviously been very successful beating them if they're behind the bills that you're support or against the bills you're supporting and in, in favor of the ones you're proposing. What's your experience with them? As Vanderbilt or the lobbyists for Vanderbilt, I, I haven't had any interaction, but I'm in a unique position. All right, because I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not paid to come into the Capitol and voice my opinions. I spent the last probably 14 years in and out of that hill and built the relationships personally and professionally with the people that are in there that are doing the bidding to the best of their ability of their constituents. So if I like I've had run-ins with other lobbyists, but I've never really dealt with anything that Vanderbilt has thrown. Um, uh, I would say that Aaron probably has a couple, but they that as bad as this may sound we have a lot of weight and it's because you can't buy us and that's the best part that when is. you're not on somebody's payroll they can't control you they can't you know oh you're gonna get this we're gonna call your boss you're gonna no call the boss at the end of the day i'm the boss i'm not gonna fire me because i'm only representing myself I'm just the chairman of the board of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, but Mission America is me and my team. I don't, 
we're not, we're in there speaking from our heart. We're in there speaking from our faith. And we're talking about the things that we think. And of course, you know, there are opposite, there are opposing positions and that's fine. Everybody, that's what makes this country what it is. You're allowed to have an opposition. But back to, you know, speaking and, and coming together and having the conversations. You know, in the old days, the left and the right used to get together after work, have a drink and talk things out. You know, if you remember, there was this fellow named Newt that did a lot of real good in an opposition because he took the time to sit and talk and, and get things um, resolved without chaos. We're not in those days anymore. But back to what I'm saying, we go down there because we're trying to do what's right. And any opposition that we get, that's fine. Come at us. You can't hurt us in our pocket. You can, you can, you know, what is that? Uh, when they destroy your character, that character assassination. Yeah. Go ahead. Or unplug you Go from ahead. the phone and not take your call anymore. Yeah. Or that. But other than that, <clears throat> we do have an advantage. If this was flip flop, it would be a lot harder for us. If we did not have a supermajority, um, it would not be as easy to, you know, have the conversations that we have. We'd be fighting a lot harder. I pray to yeah. God we never give this up. Yeah, in um, Washington State or California, you would not be uh, being being talked to very often, though. So you're in the right state for what you're trying to do. Yeah. We wouldn't be allowed in the building. <laughs> Why do you do what you do? At the end of the day, um, it's I've had the um, I've had the misfortune and the fortune of being in an environment where the children, the first three hours, were terrified, and the last fifteen minutes they were laughing. Okay, my first rescue that we were ever part of was in South America. And we had to be undercover and we were playing a role of the bad guy. I was called to it. I was afraid of what I was getting into because I didn't know how I would react. I was, I mean, because you're dealing with some of the most vile creatures on the planet and they're what they're doing. And, and then I heard those children laugh after they were freed. And that's all I need. I, 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 I will do this until they put me in the ground. Whether it's fighting on the hill, <clears throat> whether it's awareness, having conversations like we're having right now, whether it's exposing, um, you know, going as deep as we can to expose. Because at the end of the day, it's about the innocent children. And, you know, um, Matthew eighteen six is my favorite. And I'll paraphrase it. If you hurt the kids, it'd be better for you to have a rock around your neck and throw it in the ocean. That's definitely Aaron's version, but it's my favorite verse because it's about protecting the innocent children. Yeah. And, um, and millstone is an old fashioned word. So rock rock is just as good. Yeah. Your website says, we believe that the greatness of Tennessee and the United States of America lies not in the government, but in the character of our people, the simple Virtues of faith, hard work, marriage, family, personal responsibility, and helping the least among us. If we lose sight of these values, Tennessee and America will cease to be great. Do you ever, obviously you take that to heart, that, that, that spoken uh -huh. from the heart. Do you ever get disillusioned when you see some of these parents who are coming out against people like Moms for Liberty or like you, like you said on The View, how could they possibly consider themselves Tennesseans or Americans and be on the other side of that issue 
faith, hard work, marriage, family, personal responsibility? Um, you know, discouraged, I don't. Um, you know, not to be, uh, all you can do is pray for their minds and their souls and hope that they're going to, you know, someday come out of the thought process that they're in. Um, you can't, you can't change people's minds, but you can change their hearts. And, you know, for people that are coming out and standing up for children, um, or standing in, in the place for children, uh, to come against that just shows just how evil it is. I mean, I'm always going to go back to evil. Um, but if you, here, here's the thing. Um, I have a member of my family that is on the opposite side of everything, except when it comes to the children, right? And, and I got to spend some time with them. If you take the five minutes to actually sit down and listen to one another, you'd be surprised how far you can get. The problem is there's too much screaming. It's just screaming and throwing rocks and dancing in the fountains. It's, it's all of that. When you, you could have a rational, let me try to understand why you think it's okay for a 50-year-old man to have sex with a five-year-old. Let me know why you think it's okay for a tomboy that maybe a seven-year-old girl likes to play football with her brothers to have to take, a, a, you know, um, blockers or testosterone when she's seven. She just, you know, I, I know a lot of girls I grew up with that played football. I played football with us, played basketball with us. They were out there with us all the time playing, you know, baseball or whatever. None of them decided on a whim that they wanted to be a boy. These people are nuts. But I think that, like I said, if you can change their heart, you have a chance to change their mind. I don't get discouraged. I don't like the, you know, the numbers that we're seeing because they're being broadcast as masses and they're not. Um, it's taken over everything. I mean, the, the fact that they violated flag code on the Capitol. Yeah. Come on. I mean, well, I, I brought the White, House, the White House. I brought Vanderbilt into the conversation because obviously you're not going to change those minds. That's money. And that's uh -huh. obviously demonically possessed but it is really about money um you say your your mission is fivefold mobilize and train people of faith to be effective citizens speak out in the public arena and in the media on behalf of christian values influence legislation and enact sound public policy at every level of government train citizens for effective civic actions protest bigotry and the discrimination against people of faith so last weekend was the Patriots Gala, and you said featuring President Donald J. Trump. Do you endorse presidential candidates, and is Trump your guy, A, and B, that five-fold mission is amazing in Tennessee. It actually speaks very clearly to Tennessee. Do you think it flies in D.C.? Well, because I can't speak for the organization, I can only speak for me. I can't really answer that question. Okay. Um, as far as who I endorse, Aaron Spradlin endorses. Yes, I can do that. Okay. Not that it matters, but um, I'm 100 percent behind Trump, and um, I'm never going to back down from that. I saw, you know, the rhetoric is one thing; the policy is another. The impact, what was done in the world while he was at the helm, was unheard of. Uh, the fact that he walked across the thirtieth uh, the thirtieth parallel, North Korea, yeah, side by side with Kim Jong Un, 
nobody would have done that except him. No, you know, um, move the embassy to Jerusalem after a mini embassy to Jerusalem. There's nothing that he did not do that he said he was going to do now. And that was with obviously opposition. He didn't care. He just went and did it. You couldn't influence him. And that's what we need. That's what I was hoping for here. Yeah. Highly successful businessman that you cannot, you can't waver in. He is going to do, now listen, in his defense, he did get smacked in the face with COVID right out of the gate. We're talking about Lee now. We're talking about Lee. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Trump too, but he, he got smacked in the face with COVID and he had to react. Could it have been done better? Absolutely, but I'm not an armchair quarterback. I wasn't there. You know, I don't know the pressures that, that he was getting. I didn't. Know, I don't know the pressures that Trump was getting. I just know that Trump repelled those, and that's what I like about him. Yes, he is um, a loose cannon when it comes to speaking. He is a loose cannon um, with his opinions of people. At the end of the day, it's what he gets done. I'm, I'm sorry if he hurt your feelings. You know. I come from a world where you had to win in order to get a trophy. We don't survive, have that anymore. Survive to get a trophy, yeah. Survive um, to get a trophy too, yeah. What other highlights for uh, Faith and Freedom Coalition Road to Majority Policy Conference 2023 can you share with us from behind well, the scenes? I, there, were, there were a few. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina. Oh, what is his name? Shoot. Yeah, I know uh, who you're Mark, talking about. Mark Robertson. Yeah. His speech was unreal. Mm-hmm. He, uh, we, now we were lucky enough the night before we got to have dinner with him, and he is a charismatic character, man. He is, he's just, he's dynamic. But when he got out on that, uh, when he got on that stage and they're trying to shut him up, he's got the clock going down, and then it says, please stop, and then it just says, stop, because we can see it, all right? And he's like, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> and he just keeps going. And that was, that was awesome. Of course, I'm biased because I'm a big fan of Glenn Jacobs. His speech was amazing. And of course, the president's speech was amazing. Uh, I got to, um, you know, meet and greet a lot of the, uh, the candidates. I got to be in the room a lot of places that a lot of people didn't get to go because of us being a chapter here. Um, but the highlight of the entire thing. Um, obviously we talked earlier, I'm a cigar smoker. So I'm outside of the, uh, the Hilton sitting on the bench and we're having a cigar. So we walk in the door and there's a piano in the restaurant that's by the lobby. There are roughly 350 to 400 people in the middle of a revival in this hotel, playing music, singing and worshiping and it was just amazing i live streamed it it um, i live streamed it just in my little bitty you know network but i found out the next day it went global um because of the impact that it was it was really it was really something to uh to get to witness that was that was the uh i mean i I loved everything about it but that was the highlight that was fantastic uh, and i said it in the uh and that because there were protesters there right we had people from, and it's kind of amazing how certain groups just happen to have a, a some kind of a meeting at the same time you have this meeting. And I said this on the stream. I said, it's not left, it's not right, it's not black, and it's not white. I said, everybody's here for one one person, and that was God, and it was awesome. 
That is awesome. Yeah, right. I got about five minutes left with you, so okay. I don't want to run out of time. But um, that is amazing. I'd like to see that video. Josh Hawley from Missouri was there and said, it is always good to be with some patriotic, Bible-believing, God-fearing Americans. Do you think the American voting majority is still patriotic, Bible-believing, and God-fearing? Yes, I do. Okay. So a Marxist yes, poll, um, uh, sorry, a Maris poll, Americans ages 18 to 29, only 21% report going to church at least weekly, and just 27% say they pray daily. Even more concerning is this finding, only 31% of young adults say they believe in God as described by the Bible. You have to deal with, obviously, the youngest and the most innocent and, and defenseless amongst us in our, our society, trying to save them from the evil of, of trafficking and kidnapping and, and abuse of whatnot. Do you agree with that poll? Do you think the the young 18 to 29s are, are kind of a lost generation? I do not. I do not. I am very fortunate enough to have a 21-year-old son myself. I know all his buddies. I know his college buddies. I know um, his life and his beliefs, and he gives me absolute hope. Um, the few, you know, polls are polls, right? Um, it all depends who you ask. And uh, we are very fortunate to live where we live. Um, but I was just home. I was home for Father's Day to see my dad in Ohio. And, you know, those kids that I got to see at my buddy's house, and Bubba's over there, whatever, you know who they know? They know God. You know, they, they know patriotism. They know the Pledge of Allegiance and they know the National Anthem. And um, I don't think that the generation's lost. I think it's the few. That's what um, I wanted to hear. I think it's the few. And I think that, you know, the influence can only be gained once you spend a little time with the Spirit. And when that grabs you, you can't get away from it. And right now, I think, you know, I, I joke about it. You know, God's looking at the world. And he's got his finger over the button. And he's like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, no, I'll give him a little more time. Maybe, maybe. No, I'll give him a little more time. And he's giving us time right now. And I think um, I think it's because he knows. I mean, he knows from, you know, before you were even thought of, right? To the day you die, he knows everything. And he knows that there's hope and that we can come out of this. Uh, in in the face of the evil that we're dealing with. And it, it can only be done with good people, with good intention, and not for personal gain, but for betterment of your society. And, and the world, I think, is going to have to get to that point. And, and that's, that's just, no, I don't have lost hope in, in the youth. Not at all. Okay. So there are two Republican women running for mayor of Nashville, Alice Rowley, who was just on here last week, and Natasha mm -hmm. Brooks, who's mm -hmm. booked for the future. Uh, do you think either has a chance turning Nashville around? Um, unfortunately, I don't. I don't think you'll ever. I mean, up until the districts were redrawn, the congressional, the 5th congressional district was held since 1875. And um, once the lines were redrawn, you know, the incumbent said, I'm retiring. He knew that now it was a fair election and there was going to be a lot of opposition if he ran. Um, in this city, um, well, I've, one, I've got to hear Natasha speak. Um, I've got to meet her many times. I think she is a wonderful and lovely person. I think that she is the salt of the earth that we need. But I also know that the machine of what Nashville is, is just not going to let it happen. All we can do is keep it encapsulated 
in Nashville. And I, you know, I, I would love for us to surprise everybody and win that, but I just don't think it, it's possible, okay. unfortunately. But I commend them for doing it. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Middle, at least maybe they can get the policies out there and affect change uh, in on the campaign trail. But I, you know, the left is pretty crazy. Middle Tennessee has become a hotbed for child sex trafficking. No one knows that better than you do. The TBI Tennessee Bureau of Investigation started a sex trafficking unit in 2015. That was eight years ago. Uh, 50% of juveniles who are exploited for sex trafficking are runaways. And according to End Slavery Tennessee, 94 minors are trafficked in Tennessee each month. That group also says people of color, immigrants, and people who identify as LGBTQIA plus are disproportionately exploited. Uh, do you find all that to be true? And are we getting better or is it getting worse? We're getting worse. And I don't think 94 is even close. I think that's just what's reported. Um, let's use East Tennessee. And I know we're running out of time. East Tennessee, as, as just one example, the families are trafficking their own children in Tennessee for meth and rent money. Um, it's it's horrible. Uh, we had a 12-year-old about a year and a half ago that was brought to one of the rescues, uh, uh, rehabilitation restoration homes, and she was being pimped by grandma. You know, it's not it's not the movies. It's nothing like taken. I mean, it's not. It's um, the runaways. Yes, I agree with those statistics. Okay, Tennessee has a lot of runaways every month. What happens with the runaways is, like water, they go to the low lying areas. Right, they go to the low lying areas. That's where they find food. That's where they find shelter. That's where they find the things that they need. If they have a drug habit, they got it. So let's just use Chattanooga as an example. If you're a runaway and you run away to Chattanooga, there's an area of Chattanooga you can go to where you'll find the shelter. Then a gang will get you hooked on heroin, and then you'll do anything in the world for the heroin, no matter how old you are, because it's not the high that, that keeps people addicted to heroin. It's the sickness that you don't want when you're not high. And so um, we had rest. I had to go get a girl three times. She kept going back because she could not – get off the heroin and glory to the man. She is now in her third year of uh, being clean, raising her daughter. She's an advocate. She's amazing. She's, she's, she's my favorite. Um, if you could have a favorite in this, that, that um, got to be freed of this. Um, and then, but yeah, back to the numbers. No, 90, what do you say? 94, 97, 94, 90. Well, nine, nine, I'm nine, sure it varies, but yeah, average more. All right. Not, not even close. And, you know, the other thing about it is, and we, we tried to push for this this year, we're asking for an annual report from the TBI. It's been a decade since we had a report uh, on trafficking in Tennessee. And what we would like to see is an annual report. If any anything, every two years, give us something to help us, you know, know what's really going on. I mean, 2013, there's been a lot that's happened since 2013. The internet, and, the one thing, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, that's, and, and that really is the catalyst, whether it be – whether it be where they find it or it's how they, <coughs> excuse me, that's how they trap you. These bad guys are really good at what they do. I mean, I could go on Facebook right now and create an account and I'm going to be a 14 year old girl. And that's how I log into every game. And now I'm chatting with somebody that's a, a 14 year old girl. We talk because they could tell if you're an introvert, they can tell if you're not popular, they could tell if you're sad and they exploit that and they become your best friend. And then the next thing you do, you set up a play date with you, your mom, her and her mom, 
you go to a park, mom jumps on Facebook or Instagram and starts seeing what's going on. She looks down at her phone. She looks up her child's gone. And it's not a lack of being a parent. It's, it's what we have become. You can't sit down at a dinner table without everybody getting on their phone, let alone go to a park with your child and you're on your phone or you're on your tablet and you're, you're, you're shutting off the other senses and now your child's gone and your child has been moved from here to who knows where. And, you know, I, I'm, uh, I share missing children every day from all over the country. And to say that it's 94, 97, it's not even close. We have 95 counties. And right. every county has reported trafficking. So, you know, they don't do it just once. And, and to quote my, my good buddy Tim Ballard in the movie that's coming out, Sound of Freedom, he says that it will surpass the drug trade. And the fact of that is if I sell you drugs, I got to go buy more drugs. But if I sell, if I have a child, I can sell that child 10 times a day for as long as it's valuable to me. So if I get that child at nine years old and I pimp her out for the next nine years, she turns 18 and she makes me another product. That's, wow, that's the harsh, ugly reality of it. On that note, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I do want to have you back uh, as often as we can. Um, Aaron, thank you for your time. And of course, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, we appreciate you here. Please tell everyone where they can go to find out more about you, follow your social media, and of course, if they can, help you save kids. Yes, uh, missionamericafoundation.com, missionamericafoundation.org, um, Faith Freedom Coalition, 10 TN. Um, let's see. The Twitter is um, M America 18 underscore six. Um, hmm. Obviously, Matthew 18 six. And um, yeah, Mission America is all over Instagram, Facebook. Uh, just now becoming a tweeter. Um, it's never really been a thing, but I have learned that if you need to get your message out, that's the way to do it. So um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. Okay, we'll put those all in show notes. So thank you for that. And um, again, just be safe out there and please keep doing what you're doing because no one else is. Thank you so much for having me and the kind words. And uh, I look forward to talking again and maybe even having better news next time we can. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you so much. Harvey Durham Health Insurance Agency is the trusted independent health insurance agency that you can depend on for all your health insurance coverage needs. He's great because he doesn't look at health insurance as sales. He looks at it as helping people and doing the best he can to solve your current long-term care, disability, and Medicare supplement needs, even pets. I know I'm a client and so is my lab, Caroline. Over 30 years of insurance experience behind every policy. Give Harvey a call at 731 727 9242 or email him at Harvey Durham at HarveyDurham.com and tell him Steve and Steve at Mill Creek View sent you. I don't
right. Well, I know the cue from the music, but I don't see you, Steve. I see a picture of you with a purple background. There you are. Oh, Welcome that's... back, Steve, to the Steve and Steve segment of our show. Can't I'm do here, Steve and Steve without here. Steve. I need cover? one of those little buttons that I can have the applause, <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, because I would overuse it. So we're not going that route. <laughs> All right. So well, little... what did you think of our guest, Aaron Spradlin? Oh, um, what a wonderful man, and I love the fact that God's channeled his his experiences, his skill sets, his talents into a very, very, very much needed area. He's taken that warrior spirit, that warrior heart of him, and he's channeled it into a real focused area, which is to save the children and to protect the children and to work to make uh, this world a better place for the children. And uh, I, I can't ask for more than that. And that's, folks, God can take any skill set, any experience, anything you've ever gone through, and he can, even when you've done some things that you shouldn't maybe, he can flip it around and he can turn it for the the, the, the purpose of, of his kingdom. And I think of Paul the Apostle persecuting the church, flipped him around, and he became the, the, the guy that wrote most of all the New Testament. And here's Aaron and others like him who um, maybe served places that I wouldn't agree in for his country, and yet look at him. God is using him mightily. I could sit down. I wouldn't smoke a cigar with him, but I'd I'd gladly uh, spend a lot of time with that man. I would and probably will in the next week or two. But I have talked a lot about what is happening in Washington and California and how the kids aren't safe anymore in what once were wonderful American states. Great geography, great weather, normally gorgeous outdoors. But my birth state and the state I just left after 20 years for Tennessee have changed there are a few politicians that made that change happen. It's really sick, but here's one of the very worst who was a San Francisco councilman and now a state senator and former San Francisco mayor and now California governor Newsom rubber stamps his garbage bills. Check this out. Clip number one. Bill protects children. It makes children safer. It makes children healthier. And it's unfortunate that this bill, like so many, uh, has been caught up in this 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 right-wing outrage machine that it's like every 12 hours they need another uh another some another issue or another bill uh or another or, or something that's completely made up to try to just stoke outrage online uh to scare people to scare parents to to feed this um just absolutely false moral panic that people are running around trying to steal people's uh uh, children, uh, we know that that, that there are uh, children who are truly at risk, uh, and 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 the outrage machine completely m undermines our efforts to address actual children at risk by making pretend that all children um, are somehow uh, being targeted, and that the mental health profession is targeting them, and their teachers are targeting them, and LGBTQ people are targeting them. It is outrageous. Uh, and this is a good and important bill, and I want to thank you again for moving it forward. Um, this, this... That Senator Scott Weiner claims that AB 665, should be 666, a bill which allows state-sanctioned kidnapping is a good and important bill, quote-unquote. Weiner goes as far as to call parents in opposition to AB 665 part of the, quote, right-wing outrage machine, end quote. His 13-year career in elected office can be viewed as a one-man experiment. 
How far can a politician go when he pushes all the boundaries at once? That's the LA Times saying that. It's happening, folks. California moves toward giving therapists unconditional power to emancipate 12-year-olds from their parents. California Democrats on Tuesday advanced legislation to let mental health professionals remove children from their homes and place them in state custody without parental consent. The Senate Judiciary Committee approved Assembly Bill 665 on a party-line vote. The bill would allow poor children as young as age 12 to check into state-run youth shelters on the unconditioned on the unconditional say-so of a therapist or counselor. Ahead of the vote, dozens of Californians passionately testified against the bill, variously condemning it as emancipation of 12-year-olds, heinous and dangerous, but the bill's authors dismissed the concerns as misinformation and lies. The bill's advanced in the latest victory in a campaign by California Democrats to roll back parental rights, often in the name of allowing minors to choose their own gender, other legislation makes its way through the legislation would punish parents and foster parents who do not, quote, affirm children's transgender identity. Assemblywoman Wendy Carrillo, Democrat, and State Senator Scott Weiner, Democrat, the co-author of the bill, reiterated on Tuesday that they simply seek to give all children equal access to mental health services as privately insured minors from age 12 can already receive outpatient therapy without parental consent. Here's something our Moms for Liberty friend Tiffany Justice posted at at for Tiffany Justice on Twitter. Most people just don't understand how harmful puberty blockers really are for children. Irreversible damage, whether you can see it with the naked eye or not. Parents deserve to know this cold, hard truth when making decisions for their children. This is haunting. A doctor at a major children's hospital explains how puberty blockers shut down a child's hypothalamus which controls emotions, sexuality, and the aesthetic sense. To shut that system is to shut down what makes us human. Physician, I don't know. I pray that there is change. One of the things I've been thinking about is what puberty blockers do to children. The medication is called a gonatotropin-releasing hormone ag agonist, and it comes in the form of monthly injections or as implants. And because it stimulates the activity of this hormone, it shuts down the activity of the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is this almond-sized structure in your brain. It's one of the most vestige, vestigial structures we have, and it controls all the other hormonal structures in your body, your sexual development, your emotions, your fight or flight response, everything. But it shouldn't be described in such cold psychological terms because your hypothalamus is not just a hormone factory. It's the system that allows you to stand in awe of the beauty of a sunset or to hear the sound of orchestral music and to stop whatever you're doing and want to listen. And I always think that if someone were to ask me, where is it that you would look for the divine spark in each individual? I would say that it would be somewhere beneath the inner chamber, which is the Greek derivation, derivation of the term hypothalamus to shut down that system is to shut down what makes us human my god yeah evil 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 <laughs> boycotts rarely work but anti-lgbtq plus backlash is forcing companies into tough choices published june 22nd 2023 cnbc boycotts against corporate inclusion of lgbtq plus americans are targeting more major businesses 
Bud Light, in particular, has taken a big financial hit over its partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. While no other company has faced as severe a fallout, the backlash wave has started to jeopardize inclusion that had become commonplace in recent years. Cracks have even started to show at some of the locations of Starbucks, which has a more liberal reputation than Anheuser-Busch does. Speaking of Starbucks, the first woke company of all, hiring anybody and overplaying for benefits, but not enough because they're complaining. Starbucks denies union allegation of a ban on pride decorations. The coffee chain maintains it is not caving to far-right attacks on LGBTQ people despite union reports. Starbucks has banned pride decorations in stores halfway through Pride Month, the company's workers' union claimed Tuesday. If true, it would be a stunning cave to far-right anti-LGBTQ fury, but the coffee chain denies that any such policy is in place. Could be that, or could be this. Starbucks employees who claimed she was fired for being white wins $25.6 million in lawsuit. A former regional director who claimed her company had wrongfully fired her for being white has now won $25.6 million in her lawsuit over the matter. Shannon Phillips had worked for the company for about 13 years before she was fired after two black men were arrested in Philadelphia Starbucks in 2018, according to CNN. Those two men, Dante Robinson and Rashawn Nelson, reportedly reached their own settlement with Starbucks shortly after their arrest. Phillips had nothing to do with the arrest directly, but was fired anyway. Her lawsuit alleged Starbucks was attempting to, quote, punish white employees who had not been involved in the arrest, but who worked in and around the city of Philadelphia in an effort to convince the community that it had properly responded to the incident, according to the Associated Press. Being from Seattle, I can honestly say Starbucks sucks. Burnt coffee is gross. Last story, the medical industrial complex. Eisenhower warned us against the wrong complex. He knew the military one very well. Nobody foresaw the rise of the medical industrial complex. Clip number two, please, Steve medicine with appreciation for the opportunity to build on the scientific and humanistic achievements of the past. We also recognize the acts and systems of oppression affected in the name of medicine. We take this oath of service to begin building a future grounded in truth, restoration, and equity to fulfill medicine's capacity to liberate. I promise to take care of my future patients by engaging in dialogue, listening to their lived experience, and tailoring my recommendations to their unique circumstances. I acknowledge the past and present failures of medicine to abide by its obligation to do no harm and affirm the need to address systemic issues in the institutions I uphold. I promise to critically examine the systems and experiences that impact every person's health and ability to receive care. I vow to use this knowledge to uplift my patients and disrupt the injustices that harm them as I forge the future of medicine. I promise to self-reflect diligently, to confront unconscious prejudices, and to develop the skills, knowledge, and character necessary to engender an inclusive, equitable field of medicine. Let us bow our heads in recognition of the gravity of this oath. We swear to faithfully engage with these ideals and obligations for the ongoing betterment of medicine and humanity. You know, Steve, that was a couple of years ago. They all had masks on. So you know what? They all got conditioned to wear masks. And a lot of those large medical hospitals still require their staff and people to wear them when they're useless. Yeah. The woke cult 
has captured medicine. Why wouldn't they wear a mask? It's just like a uniform. Um, yep. I'm going to find a good horse vet and see him or her for help if I ever get sick. Uh, next story, whistleblower exposes hospital for performing genital sex change surgeries on minors. Libs of TikTok on her Substack. Someone's got to do it. Won't see this on CNN. Kaiser Permanente, a healthcare company with hospitals across the United States, issued a mandatory training course for all Kaiser employees in Southern California. The course covered topics on gender-affirming care, which included information on mastectomies, hysterectomies, vaginoplasties, and phalloplasties. Internal documents indicate that these producer, producers are allowed to be performed on, sorry, these procedures are allowed to be performed on minors. The training also offered tips for proper binding and tucking. Dr. Holly Kim thanked Kaiser Permanente's executive leadership for its support in helping the institution lead the cha charge in providing gender-affirming care and, quote, show there is value, end quote, in providing such services. Many staff members at Kaiser Medical admit they are horrified at the surgeries performed on children, but have no choice but to keep quiet or risk losing their jobs. Some fear that they would be labeled bigots if they brought up the amount of transgender complications they have witnessed over the years. Libs of TikTok reached out to Kaiser Permanente to inquire about the mandatory training and gain clarity on why Kaiser Medical performs life-altering surgeries on children, contrary to the recommendations of many medical professionals. We did not receive a response to our request for comment. Kaiser is going down Steve, hard. Steve, what do you think about Kaiser? Not a fan. No. Kaiser. Kaiser Wilhelm. Kaiser so, Wilhelm, yes. This, this is pretty funny. Kaiser Steel. Uh, California not only has Kaiser and Wiener, but Adam Schiff. Here he is grilling John Durham last week. Clip number three was informed that a Russian official was offering the Trump campaign, quote, very high level and sensitive information, unquote, that would be incriminating of Hillary Clinton and was part of, quote, Russia and its government support of Mr. Trump. You aware of that? Sure. People get phone calls all the time from uh, individuals who claim to have information like that. Really, the son of a presidential candidate gets calls all the time from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent. Is that what you're saying? I don't think this is unique in your experience. <laughs> was informed that a Russian official was John the Trump Durham campaign, quote, makes a fool of Adam Schiff, Shifty Schiff, really the son of a presidential candidate, gets calls all the time from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent, Durham. I don't think this situation is unique in your experience. <laughs> if you don't remember his experience, quote unquote, as Durham says, here's a piece to remind us who we're dealing with. Just play that little section, clip number four, please be in touch with the FBI about this and uh, and we'll make arrangements with your staff. I think it probably would be best to provide uh, these materials uh, to uh, both our committee and to the FBI. Um, and so we'll make arrangements uh, uh, between my staff and yours uh, on how to facilitate that. And uh, we'll also obviously net, let, let the FBI know about uh, Buseva and Sovchuk's planned travel to Ukraine. I also advise you to check all Sobchak's uh, visits in the U.S. because she were she was in U in the U.S. very often, and uh, just to check what she did there actually. And I also would like to look at uh, Russian cafe in Bri on Brighton Beach, Langeron, and especially on the head of Russian mafia, Uncle Misha. Uncle Misha. <laughs> yes. He's in Brighton Beach. <laughs> oh. A little more here, Steve. 
Nope, that's good. I think we get the point that uh, he's a buffoon. Adam Schiff, Democrat, California, speaks to two Russian comedians during a prank call, which he thought was legit at the time in April 2017. So uh, here comes Nan to save the day. California Congresswoman's former Speaker of the House. Clip number five. Former Speaker of the House of Representatives. Gentlewoman's recognized. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. I thank the general for yielding and for his great presentation today. Today, we are on the floor of the House where the other side has turned this, this chamber where slavery was abolished, where Medicare and Social Security and everything were instituted. They've turned it into a puppet show, a puppet show. And you know what? The puppeteer, Donald Trump, is shining a light on the strings. You look miserable. You look miserable. The only advantage to all of this is that instead of reversing what we did on the IRA to save the planet or reversing what we did to reduce the cost of prescription drugs, you're wasting time. Adam Schiff is one of the greatest members of the... The gentleman's time has expired. I have uh, the gentleman's ten time more has expired. Seconds. The gentlelady's time has expired. You said his has expired? The gentleman from Maryland's time has expired. Okay. Okay. The gentleman's day. He's, he's got a, a uh, pirate app pirate hat on well that guy's got cancer but we won't give him oh, too much grief for that okay. but um that's okay that's jamie raskin but she gets all the angst we want to throw at her because pelosi melting down after the new congresswoman anna paulina luna brought a second resolution to censor adam schiff passed 213 to 209 only 20 other congressmen have ever been censored uh couldn't happen to a nicer lying Sack of shit. Uh, Schiff, Swalwell, Wiener, Newsom, Nancy sack Pelosi. Of sack of Schiff. That's what I said. Diane Feinstein, Maxine Waters, Ted Lieu. 40 out of 52 Democrats. California has some of the worst elected officials in the country. Newsom wants to do to the USA what he did to San Francisco and California. I sure hope not. And this just in, the two top Anheuser-Busch marketing executives who were placed on leave amid the company shakeup no longer work for the brand. Group Vice President for Marketing Daniel Blake and Bud Light Marketing Vice President Alyssa Heinerscheid are gone, gone, according to obtained text messages with a current regional head of marketing, the Daily Caller says. Heinerscheid, the 39-year-old who allegedly lives in a $8 million apartment close to Central Park, New York, going to need a resume now. Brandon with Whitworth, U.S. CEO. You nervous, bro? That's it for me. I'm out of time today. Stay tuned for my thoughts of the day. If you have a beloved horse that you love like a family member and it's on its last legs, you need to call Edward at Tennessee Horse Cremation. He's got the only custom trailer around and never has to drag a horse. He's compassionate and will help make a difficult situation a little bit easier. Call and ask questions anytime. He's available seven days a week. 931-300-2333. Serving Tennessee as well as portions of Kentucky, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. TN Horse Cremation. Dot com. Hey, it's Dan Mandis from Super Talk 99.7 WTN, and I appreciate being here on the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast. Welcome to my quotes for the day. But before I share, I want to remind everyone to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to Mill Creek View podcast. 
just go to Rumble or Spotify and hit the subscribe button and follow us. <clears throat> Freedom regards religion as the companion in all its battles and all its triumphs as the very cradle of its infancy and the source of all its claims because religion alone is the safeguard of morality and morality is the best and surest pledge for the survival of freedom. Alex de Tocqueville. Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves and under a just God cannot retain it. Abraham Lincoln. I am not what has happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Carl Jung, a Swiss psychoanalyst who founded analytical psychology. Jung's work has been influential in the field of psychiatry, anthropology, archaeology, literature, philosophy, psychology, and religious studies. Hardship, hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. C.S. Lewis. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Edmund Burke. Edmund Burke was an Irish statesman, economist, and philosopher born in Dublin, Burke served as a member of parliament between 1766 and 1794 in the House of Commons of Great Britain with the Whig Party. That's it for this episode. Really hope you liked it. Thank you, Aaron Spradlin, for looking after our most precious commodity, our children. Until next time, this is your host, Steve Abramowitz, editor-in-chief of mcview.us. Peace in our time. IRS whistleblower evidence showing Hunter Biden received millions of dollars from Ukraine, Romania, and China and didn't pay taxes on it. Investigators allege there was a WhatsApp message where Hunter demanded payment from Chinese officials, specifying his father, Joe Biden, was in the room. Now, whistleblowers claim the DOJ blocked the IRS from going forth with charging Hunter with two felony tax charges that likely would have landed him behind bars. Well, joining me now is host of Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast, Steve Abramowitz. Steve, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Um, the release of this transcript was decided on a vote. The vote was along party lines. Republicans had the majority, of course. But there was no Democrat on that panel that wanted this to be released. I mean, the Democrats argue their loyalty lies with the president, but shouldn't it lie with your constituents? And if so, would you want to see every fact? Absolutely. And the taxpayers, the ones who pay for all of this uh, to even go on, it's unbelievable that they uh, hid this for so many years. I know, and what's being alleged by these whistleblowers is that it was different than any other tax investigation the IRS has previously done. And why is that? I mean, I know this question is overplayed and we hear a lot about this, but if someone else with the last name other than Biden, would it have been a different vote? Oh my gosh, Monica, uh, the only thing Hunter Biden and I have in common is he was born on the same day a year ahead of me. And I know that if I did one of the 15 things he's accused of doing, I'd be in jail. Um, there's definitely that double standard that uh, the far left loves to run with. Um, in the same week that Adam Schiff was censored, the same week that they buried the knowledge that this uh, submarine went down, it is absolutely um, a two-tiered justice system, and we pay for it, and that's offensive. And my listeners uh, write into me constantly saying, why have we gone so long without a real justice system? This is supposed to be America. And Hunter is also facing these misdemeanor charges and probation, just probation for his gun charges. Um, Zero time served. 
Zero times, absolutely. And impeachment resolution has been moved forward to remove Biden from office. I mean, when you think about it, this is the Biden crime family. It's not just a Hunter Biden situation. Um, well, this impeachment, obviously, it passed the House floor. It moves to the Judiciary and Homeland Security Committees. It probably won't go anywhere because, as we've been discussing, there's no consequences for the Bidens. What are your thoughts? Well, Andy Ogles is a Tennessee congressman. He's going to be on my show this week uh, coming up. He has moved one as well. There is the MPG version. There's the Lauren Boebert version. Um, there are several pending impeachments in the Congress. But I think what we've learned over the last 10 years now is that Congress really doesn't have a lot of power. They can't arrest, thankfully. They can't. Uh, they can subpoena. But some people know how to get away with that. So it's a very frustrating situation for the average citizen, the taxpayer who has to watch all this. You know, we thought the Clintons were bad, but this is on steroids for that. And, um, you know, everything from filing a false report for buying a gun to deducting prostitutes and sex clubs from your taxes, which they are paying tax. We are paying taxes for that Secret Service protection to embolden. It, it's just outrageous, and it's not the system that we all pay taxes for or signed up for the Constitution for as citizens or people come from all over the world to come to uh, get away from di dictators and fascism. They want democracy, and currently the Justice Department is not uh, enforcing democracy. Right, and speaking of the Justice Department, I mean, you saw one of the White House correspondents in that press briefing room read that entire Hunter Biden text message to one of those Chinese officials, and John Kirby was just like, all right, have a good weekend, bye. Um, I mean, if nothing comes around, of, and if nothing comes of this, I mean, is there likelihood of justice even being served in the future? Well, I mean, I'd like to believe so. I'm an optimist, but, you know, $400,000 of the Burisma Holdings money is past the statute of limitations, so they got away with that one. And if they can drag out the clock on this, you know, the old delay, 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 not really. Um, the system is put in place that impeachment is the only option. The Senate would, of course, have to have a majority to remove, supermajority to remove. By the time that even happens, we're long past the probably 2024 re-election of Biden and none of the uh, problems, let's just say, that issues that arose during the last election and voting integrity have been resolved. So we don't really know where we are. I would love to say, here, fix this, 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 and this. I've had people on my show all about laws and voter integrity and ways to fix the system. I don't see it getting fixed, Monica. So I don't know the answer to that. But we're talking about something beyond just tax evasion. I mean, if if all the allegations are true, this could be treason. There are remedies for that. I wouldn't recommend it because it's a long process and everybody's going to blame the accusers. But we got some serious issues. I mean, Teapot Dome was, if you ever heard of that one, that, that was peanuts compared to the amount of money we're talking about here from foreign nationals. And look what they did to General Flynn for even just having conversations that they accused him of having. Whereas this is, we see the wires. We see $6 million from Patrick Ho, the spy master of China, Biden calls him, Hunter Biden calls him, allegedly. Uh, Maine Justice getting in the way of Gary Shipley, who's the IRS whistleblower, saying we wanted to do federal, but we ended up having to settle for um, misdemeanor, no, no jail time and uh, probation. Well, he's already on probation because he's under the public scrutiny. So it's really rough. The one thing I found funny in the whole thing, though, is that Hunter Biden – as wild as he was, Charlie Sheen on, on, on something else, 
kicked out of the sex club that uh, that Damon Lawner in L.A. Uh, did, and then tried to deduct the ten thousand dollars from his of his membership from his taxes, <laughs> and so bad of a guy, so bad of grabbing women here and there that they accused Trump of that he had to be kicked out of a private sex club in Los Angeles. I mean, how bad was this guy? Yeah, it's pretty pathetic and actually really embarrassing that the American people don't even see this. You had mentioned Burisma, and I do want to get your thoughts on this. Um, it's just an idea here about, um, you know, Biden over in Ukraine, Russia. Um, what do you think about this coup, this alleged coup in Russia? Um, do you think it's a coordinated effort by, by certain U.S. officials so Biden could take some credit in toppling Putin? Or, you know, what do you think about that kind of idea? I know it's a little far-fetched, but I really wouldn't no, be surprised. You know, I wouldn't either because they're such amateurs. They're so um, silly in their, in their spin, let's just call it. And the fact that they knew about the submarine and on the Sunday, but they told the world on Thursday after the whole counters of the oxygen and making a big fuss out of this, like, look over there, look over there. On the exact same day that they plugged on this thing it wouldn't surprise me one bit, but I do remember, I am old enough to remember 1989 when um, Boris Yeltsin handed over the, the reins of power to Putin, who we've been with ever since. That's a long time. And that whole coup, the revolution at that, you know, was obviously very sponsored, very backed. We've seen a lot of information that we never knew but suspected from the uh, CIA going all the way back to the Kennedy assassination, which we never expect. I mean, there are thousands of books written about it, but we always thought it was crazy conspiracy theories. So to, to your point, absolutely they would do something like this because they are all about look over there. Don't look here. We're, we're doing something that you don't, we don't want you to know about, but they're so bad at it. They're like the C team. They're not the Clintons who are just the masters of this or even Ronald Reagan, who was the master communicator. He could explain things. They don't do that. They just hide behind it. And I love those two press conferences you were talking about where they basically didn't answer questions and said, we refer you to legal. Talk to my lawyer. Talk to my lawyer. They all know that they just can't spin this anymore. It's just too blatant when you say, did you or not? Did you or did you not accept this wire transfer from a Russian Moscow oligarch? Yes. Well, it's there. It's in the bank account somehow. Oh, I didn't know about that. Can't spin that one. So they've just gotten themselves into a corner now. And the real question is, is there a controlling legal authority, as Al Gore said in 2000, uh, to actually do something about this? And the answer is no. You know, we voted for a Republican Congress last time around to try to do this. And they have their Truth and Reconciliation Committee that just exposes all this. So we know it. But they aren't doing a darn thing because they just, I don't know, I, I, there's got to be a higher level. They, they refuse to do a special counsel. In the past, that seemed to have worked. But um Ah, Burisma and Ukraine and Russia and this war and all the other things we've learned about it in the past. Yes, you're absolutely right. It could very well be a wag the, day, wag the dog kind of scenario. But man, is that, that is so cynical and so terrible. People are dying. That, I mean, come on. That is not supposed to be what happens in a constitutional republic. 
Yeah, the way the Democrats constantly go after Trump, the Republicans need to start going after Biden. And I don't, I don't really understand why we're just kind of sitting there and House Speaker McCarthy, you know, isn't really in favor of moving forward impeachment efforts. Um, and I think Corrine Jean-Pierre is getting kind of tired of standing up there saying, let me refer you to the White House counsel, the White House special counsel, etc. And I think it's, uh, I don't well, know. she's I'm historic, she says, so she must actually like it. I don't right. know what else job, what job could she have? She couldn't take your job, so I think she's probably... This is the best he's going to get. <laughs> right, and I think that, uh, and I think that this whole Russia situation, I think Biden's going to play it out to make him look like a hero in the mix of all of this, um, just for the 2024 votes. Um, Steve, before we go, I want you to tell us a little bit about your podcast and how can people find you. Oh yeah, thank you. So I, I I'm the CEO of the Mill Creek View newspaper out of Mill Creek View, Washington. But we have a stable of podcasts. We have the Mill Creek View, Washington, the Mill Creek View, Tennessee, which I'm also the host of. And now the Mill Creek View, Florida, and we basically cover the flyover news and, and entertainment and culture and sports and, and issues that nobody else will. Well, you will, but uh, the folks on the mainstream media, the big money, the Foxes and the CNNs won't. So we do that. Uh, I'm on three days a week, and you can find that on all the podcast channels and Rumble, Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast, and um, the mcview.us e-newsletter or newspaper covers a lot of the news also that uh, you can't find elsewhere. So thank you very much for asking. I hope you listen and I hope you like it. Excellent. Steve Abramowitz, thank you so much for joining us this morning and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Look forward to keeping in touch with you. For all our viewers asking where One America News is heading in the future, we would like to introduce you to OAN Live. OAN Any views or opinions represented on the podcast are personal and belong solely to the creator and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the creator may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.